Hello, and welcome to another edition of Morning Commute with Miller Thompson. You're listening to Episode 4. I'm your host today, Katie Conley, an associate with Vancouver's Labor and Employment Group, and I'm joined today by three of my colleagues from across the country. Nina Koldorf is a partner in Miller Thompson's Vaughn office with previous experience representing employees and unions. Stephen Torsher is a partner in Miller Thompson's Calgary office with a broad range of litigation experience in addition to his labor and employment practice. And Claudia Desjardins-Bellier is a partner in Miller Thompson's Montreal office where her labor and employment practice is complemented by an administrative law practice. Our topic today is Reopening Your Business, Key Considerations in Returning Your Employees to Work. This podcast follows a webinar that was recorded earlier and will be made available through Miller Thompson's COVID-19 resource hub that can be found at the bottom of our firm's homepage. We invite everyone to visit millerthompson.com to view the full webinar and our discussion of each topic. Welcome to Morning Commute with Miller Thompson, a podcast for Canada's legal community and those generally interested in Canadian law. Each month, our lawyers delve into current issues surrounding the legal landscape, providing in-depth insight and analysis on key developments in today's Canadian marketplace. Now here are today's hosts. Now, this podcast is not meant to be a redo of our webinar, but rather to give you the high-level takeaways from the webinar, a little bit of a teaser trailer, if you will, for the longer webinar for those of you who are interested in viewing it. And so, first of all, I'm going to go to Ina, who during our webinar spoke about the topic of preparing the physical workspace and updating policies for employees return to work. And so, Ina, I'll put it to you. What's one takeaway from your presentation that you'd like to share with our listeners today? The one takeaway for our listeners in Ontario uh, that the Ministry of Labour has includes random audits of workplaces to ensure that the Occupational Health and Safety Act and the advice and recommendations of public health officials are being followed. We understand from clients that the inspectors are expecting to be showing COVID-related policies, an indication that employees have been properly trained on the policies. In some cases, the inspectors met one-on-one with employees to inquire whether the employees are aware of the policies, whether they've been trained, and whether the employer is enforcing the policies. We've also heard that inspectors have shut down some workplaces in Ontario where the workplaces were not compliant with health and safety guidelines. So it's important that policies and procedures are updated and in place before employees return to work after the shutdown. We recommend that getting the organization's policies and procedures in order um, is the right time for that is right now. And what we recommend employers look at are um, issues such as social distancing, staggered shifts, have a quarantine policy with respect to employees who are ill, have traveled, have shown symptoms, or have been in contact with somebody who's shown symptoms, have procedures for sanitation of transmission points, equipment cleaning, and deep cleaning procedures, have procedures for hand washing, use of PPEs, and if you have employees working from home, have a remote working policy as well. Some provinces require return to work plans and to have those posted, um, have that as well. Um, in case the, the uh, inspector would like to see your return to work plan. And you may also think about uh, drafting a pandemic or crisis policy at this point to address the same circumstances if they ever happen again or if we have a second wave. And with all the policies that you have in the workplace, make sure that the employees are trained on them that they sign up on an acknowledgement which you can put in their employee file, 
and that as an employer, you enforce the policies consistently. Great. Thanks, Ina. It's a lot for employers to consider and a lot for them to navigate. So I really appreciate you sharing that high-level takeaway. Next, I'm going to throw it to Stephen, who's a partner in our Calgary office. Uh, Stephen is going to um, talk about accommodating employees' requests not to return to work. So, Stephen, what's the one takeaway from your topic that you'd like to share with our listeners this morning? Thanks, Katie. I think the one takeaway that I'd like to share today is that employers need to be mindful of their human rights obligations that continue to exist during uh, COVID-19. Um, we, as businesses start to relaunch and employees are recalled to work, there may be a, a number of employees that we see uh, suggest that they're, they're not able to come back to work for various reasons. If the reason has something to do with childcare obligations or um, you know, caring for an elderly parent or, or someone else that's under their care, such as that, um, or if there's employees who have some concerns about the availability of public transit and their ability to get to work, that may engage uh, with some of the employer's obligations under the uh, human rights legislation in their particular province. In Alberta, for example, there is uh, a family status uh, protected ground that um, would come into effect in these circumstances. And so employers need to be wary that uh, their, their obligations under the human rights legislation may be engaged and they may have to accommodate their employees to the point of undue hardship. Um, getting to that point, though, uh, requires a, a bit of a dialogue between the employee and the employer. Um, there needs to be a discussion about the particular needs of the employee and uh, the policies and procedures that are in place of the employer. Now, neither party is entitled to their preferred solution, so there needs to be some give and take on both sides. Uh, we always recommend that these kinds of discussions are, are well documented on the employer side for sure, because that can help um, you know, protect the employer later on if there's a disagreement about the adequacy of those accommodations that have been put in place and a complaint may be filed later on. So as we see businesses return to a new normal, um, they should be encouraged to be flexible in uh, how they deal with some of these employees. Um, working from home options should probably be explored going forward for the next little while, even if the economy begins to, to reopen and uh, some of these restrictions are lifted. Um, but that is uh, a, 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 it's going to be an ongoing concern as um, we, we navigate these waters with COVID-19 and, uh, and prepare to return businesses to a new normal. Thanks, Katie. Great. Thanks so much, Stephen. Uh, I think the, the real key thing to take away from what you've said is it's really important to communicate with your employees. And so, you know, making sure that you're aware of sort of what's going on with your employees' circumstances is really important as we go forward into this new normal. Thanks so much. Finally, I'm going to turn things over to Claudia, um, who spoke during our webinar about how to deal with work refusals. And so, Claudia, what's the one takeaway from your topic that you'd like to share with our listeners this morning? Thanks, Katie. Um, so work refusal can be a, a little bit tricky. Uh, and so what I, I would recommend employers keep in mind is that at the end of this whole pandemic, at the end of the COVID, because I do believe we'll get to the end of it at some point, uh, they'll continue working with the same group of employees and they want to make sure that employer-employee relationships are also well-preserved. So when you are facing a work refusal, just make sure that you're assessing correctly uh, said work refusal. See if there's anything that you can propose to the employee in discussing with the employee to, to make sure that the employee um, feels like they can come back to work. Uh, and also uh, be prepared. 
preparation is key, I believe, with this particular scenario of work refusal, because you want to make sure that you've already anticipated most of the potential outcomes of an employee refusing to work, come into work, sorry. And so um, prepare with your team um, a, a plan B, if I could say, to, um, to be able to analyze each and every uh, individual uh, request to refuse to come into work to see how, as a company, you want to position yourself. And so have this plan ready and be ready also to take decisions that may have an impact on your business and be ready to continue with your business with such decisions. So, for example, if you have an employee who doesn't want to come back to work after all the efforts, after having involved the CNESSC probably or any other health and safety uh, boards or commissions of other uh, jurisdictions, have a, a plan B in place to see how you're going to continue with your business if uh, this employee, for example, resigns from their employment or if you terminate them for just insufficient cause, because right now it may be a little bit difficult to, to recruit. So keep that in mind and have a plan. Be prepared. Preparation is really key. Great. Thank you so much, Claudia. Finally, my topic during the webinar was practical tips on recalling employees back to work. Um, and so the one takeaway that I'd like to leave everyone with from my part of the presentation is that timing is really key. Um, whether you have um, unionized employees that are subject to a collective agreement or non-unionized employees uh, where you're dealing with individual employment agreements and you know your provincial employment standards legislation dictates how long a layoff can last for before it becomes a termination, keep those dates in mind when you're um, planning out how long it's going to take for you to make changes to your physical workspace, um, arrange training for your employees on all these new COVID-19 related policies and procedures because you're going to want to factor in enough time to make sure that you can open uh, your business safely and responsibly while also being mindful of not um, brushing up against the point at which a layoff then becomes a termination and you have no more time to sort of work with. And so it's really key um, when you're coming up with your COVID-19 response plan to your business, sort of look at those, um, you know, those final dates that you need to be mindful of and then work backwards um, when you're developing all the different aspects of your plan, of which there are many. Um, and I would say, you know, with my issue and the other issues that my colleagues have discussed, if you have any particular questions in relation to your business or the province in which you're operating, uh, please do not hesitate to reach out to any one of our uh, labor and employment uh, colleagues across the country. Um, we're very uh, much looking forward to hearing your questions and concerns about reopening your business and very happy to help. Thanks to everyone for sharing those excellent tips. On behalf of Ina, Stephen, Claudia, and I, and our labor and employment colleagues from across the country, thanks for joining us today on Morning Commute. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, this podcast, as well as the full webinar, will be published on the COVID-19 Resource Hub, which is located at millerthompson.com. The Hub is continuously updated as new developments emerge during the pandemic, and so we encourage you to bookmark the Hub in your browser and check back on a regular basis. And be sure to follow Miller Thompson on Twitter or LinkedIn for all of the latest updates from our firm. Tune in next time for Miller Thompson's Morning Commute, and thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded by Miller Thompson LLP. Our firm provides a full range of services to address the legal needs of businesses, financial institutions, governments, not-for-profits, entrepreneurs, and individuals. With over 550 lawyers and 12 offices across the country, we cover Canada better than any other national law firm. Subscribe to stay informed at millerthompson.com.